Oh, no. I always saw myself as uh, wanting to be part of corporate America. I think my big transition was when I went abroad, when I, st when I studied economics in England. I travel, I work with athletes, and I make a lot of money. Welcome to the Dre and Smiley podcast. And this week, I'm most excited because we have David Graves. He hails from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, David has a fascinating background, a fascinating experience. His journey is, I think, will inspire a lot. So uh, we would like to kick it off by first welcoming David Graves. Thank you, David, for taking the time out this Saturday morning to speak with us. How you doing? Welcome to the show, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome, man. We um, The purpose of this show is just to basically get an understanding of your story. Tell us about David. Who's David Graves? Uh, I don't know who David Graves is yet. I think I'm still trying to find that. But I can tell you what David Graves has done. <laughs> That's about it. Oh, no. I always saw myself as uh, wanting to be part of corporate America. I um, grew up in an age where you you saw your peers and your coworkers and your and your mentors stay with a company for 30, 40 years, retire, get the golden watch, and then, you know, they live their retirement. So I always thought that that was going to be there for me. I thought I was going to start as an employee and eventually work my way up through management and become an executive of some sort. And unfortunately or fortunately, things don't happen the way they plan. So with that said, I've really developed through the course of my um, my life and everything that I've been part of has been almost like stair-stepping stair -stepping to my next opportunity. Yeah, that's interesting. Or what experiences did you have that made you decide, ah, there's other options out there? Um, I, think, I think my big, um, I think my big transition was when, when I went abroad, when I, st when I studied economics in England. Um, I, I was part of an exchange um, course in England and we were doing, um, it was an economics course. And what happened was it gave me the, 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 the thought that at first I was thinking about American companies all the time. And it can't kind of gave me more of a global approach to like, wait a minute, everybody does interconference throughout the whole world. It's not just a United States thing, but I think I was isolated with thinking that the United States itself was, you know, that was my only opportunities that I could only apply for jobs that are in corporate America and stuff like that. When truthfully, you can go international, you can you can apply to any job anywhere in the world and they can accept you. So I think that started my expanse thinking of the there's no limitations to, you know, what you want to do or what you can do. So I think that was my first trigger. And then, um, and being in corporate America, you, you start, you start getting, you start, start, you starting to see the physical roadblocks that are set up or that happen. And then you realize at some point, you're like, wait a minute, this may not be my career path or this may not be for me, um, in that sense. So I have to develop another way or I have to be encouraged to do something else. And I think, um, I fought with corporate America and corporate America fought with me 
and then Corporate America won, and then I had to I had a crossroads, and I said, "Oh, what do I do next?" And then with, with that said, I kind of leaned on myself and said, "All right, I'm going to um, try things on my own." So I was I did years with a major insurance company. My my background is finance. I mean, insurance and finance. And I did years with a major insurance company. And at one point, I, uh, my I was stagnant because I was getting monetary promotions, but I was always working alone. I always was out in the field. I never really had coworkers, but everything was uh, computer related. You know, they would see my work that I was generating, but I had nobody to... Um, I had no mentors within the company, nor did I have anybody to guide me on my career path. So now I'm in this, a job that I'm working for 15, 16 years, and I feel like I'm doing well because they're, they're rewarding me with more money and pay raises. But every time I went for another opportunities and supervisor or management positions, then I, I would never... I would never get the job and I never understood that. So eventually what ended up happening was I spoke to somebody in the company and uh, it was uh, an executive manager and they, they told me, they said, well, no one's speaking for you. I said, no one's speaking for me. He says, like, no, you know, everybody else comes with all these good referrals, but no one within the company is speaking for you. And I said, well, they're not speaking for me. I said, because no one knows me. I said, I'm out in the field. I've always, I don't have you know, this work group or work pod, or I'm not in front of management every day, you know, cause I was all, I, I've, I've had, unfortunately, even though I was in corporate America for so long, I've always been a remote, remote worker. And, you know, I've had office space, but I would come and go within my office space whenever I wanted. I was that to go employee. Like, you know, my, my desk, I sometimes I come in, it was dust on it because I didn't have to be there every day. So, she basically said, well, no one's speaking for you to obtain higher management jobs. So then I was like, man, I, I, I must be in like a dead end career because no one's speaking for me. And sure enough, that's eventually what happened because um, after 15, 16 years, they decided to eliminate my department. And then then I had choices on what is my next step, what I'm going to do. And um that's what led me to my, my second career. And, you know, I, it was either go to graduate school. I've started investigating this uh, being in sports or I had I did have friends in other insurance companies who I did work with before who were managers and stuff. And they said, hey, we'd love to recruit you over to another company. So with that being said, I I uh, I took some time off. I, I basically took some time off before I decided what my next transition was going to be. Um, I had some really good support around me. So it gave me some opportunity to really think about, you know, what my, what direction I may want to go in. I was very much on the edge of going to graduate school because it was always, Hey, graduate school is the next best thing. You know, if you get your master's in business, you can go and do this, you can go do that. But in the back of my mind, I got into business because I remember my 11th grade year in high school, and we had some guy to come to uh, 
for career day. And he says, I got the best job in the world. And I was like, what do you do? He's like, I travel, I work with athletes, and I make a lot of money. I was like, that's me. That's what I want to do, right? I said, How do I sign up for that? Exactly. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and I said, well, what are you doing? Come to find out he was a financial broker for uh, professional athletes. So I originally got into insurance and finance thinking that I was going to eventually become um, a financial consultant to athletes. But I, my transition was I, mm-hmm. I started interning at an insurance company before I even went to college. And every subsequent year after that, I would come back and then they would employ me over the summers while I was still obtaining my degree. And then once they, once I did graduate, they hired me on, but then I was stuck in insurance and not necessarily financial, um, not, not, nothing financial. And at that time, everything financial was commission. Well, you know, how we came up. We no one had any money to go out and just start a commission jobs. You know, you got that three, four month window where student loans gonna start kicking in. <laughs> that's and, right. You know, that's you right. needed money right that <laughs> now. day. You came out of college, yeah. broke. <laughs> you <laughs> know, right, right, so I said, right. Let me go take the guaranteed biweekly check. And you know, I did that, and I was stuck on that guaranteed biweekly check for seventeen years. Again, I look at every career stop I had as a as a stepping stone to my next opportunity. And there's a lot of things I learned in that industry that really set me up for success in doing what I'm doing right now. So as much as at, towards the end, towards like year 14, 15, 16, when I was really trying to look get into management and look for something different, um, you know, being up in Northeast, you know, those winters is cold and you're out working in three degree weather. You know, you got six, seven inches of snow that you got to be out in. After a while, as you get older, that that's, that weather starts, you know, messing with your body and you decide, hey, I got to think of some other things. But to get back on point, it's just one of them things where I've learned. I, I, I was introduced to property. By being in, you know, so that helped me understand how property works. The insurance industry itself pays um, in almost like an annuity fashion. So it helped me understand how our agents and stuff where they would write a policy and they wouldn't get the immediate commission, but they would get all our renewal commission. So if they had a sales agent within the office, they would get the immediate commission but whoever owned the office would get all the renewals from that point on. So I understand how that system worked. So when I ended when I ended up eventually going into a sports career, I said, wait a minute. So we do three or four months heavy on a contract, but then we get paid four or five years on that contract we did for three or four months. So I kind of understood that system, but that came from my experience and looking at the business owners in, in, in the insurance company, and it helped me understand, I kind of like this residual income type thing. You know, this is this this works. You know, I'll I'll set up payment systems out in the future, so you know my family uh, I could be supported that way with my financially with my family. A couple things that that you touched on, I have like probably a million questions in my head. The first one <laughs> that comes to mind is you talked about the impact the individual had on you when he came to your school in the 11th grade. So looking back in your past, 
other others that have influenced you that left an impact other people or maybe experiences and you can go back as far as you want you know maybe you maybe you were three years old and you saw whatever are, are there any others any other people or experiences that influenced you heavily um all of the above <clears throat> i've had situations okay. that um influenced me I've, I've, I've had people in my life <clears throat> who were very supportive and influenced me um what i mean by experiences is I remember growing up and we would we were constantly moving throughout our community. Like um every time we turned around we were moving to some other household. So I feel like we were we were um we were housing insecure as a family growing up. Mm-hmm. Um and that wasn't necessarily always due to my parents and maybe just due to the living conditions that the landlords or something wanted you to be in. And my parents wouldn't was didn't want to tolerate that, so it was time to move on to the next situation. Mm-hmm. But um, those experiences helped me understand how um, how how you don't want to live, and how you know you have a strong need to have some type of stable foundation, mm-hmm. you know, before you're before you move on to your next thing, and and you you know you just want stability, so. I think I stayed into a bi-weekly check for so long because I was craving the whole stability side of it. And I didn't want to go and jump into the unknown and start taking risks when I knew I needed to be stable. You know, and then I had mentors in my life like Kevin who showed me about um, investing and how, um, you know, with the stock market and understanding securities because I've, that was a world that I knew nothing about until, you know, I was 15, 16, and he was bringing me out to California. We would have these conversations about investing in um, companies and how, how it worked and how, you know, you would look at CNBC and stuff like that. Or, and you would understand market changes and fluctuations and securities and how you could own companies without actually, like, owning a company. Right. You just right. buy into owning a company. So yeah. I got I got really interested in that. And I like how that worked. And I that, I just kind of took that information and, and, and went off. And then um, and also just just my whole housing background again. And it, it seems like housing always came back. It didn't mm. you know, I started there. I had an interest in just owning houses. My family had this housing and security thing. You know, um, Kevin owned several houses as, as I was growing up and going through school. And I, I it just I always had this thing in the back of my mind that I would be interested in housing in some way, shape, or form. But I didn't know what capacity because I had these other career interests, you know, that, that I thought it was important to me to fulfill too, which is, you know, eventually how I transitioned into sports and had a 10-year sports career. And I mean, that was a fascinating career. Um, talking about a, um, a dream job, that would be my dream job other than kind of what I'm doing now. But, you know, but housing was always something that was always in the back of my mind. And I'd, I'd eventually get back to it after all these other experiences.